Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the week nine edition of the Baby Bowl, where we review what happened in week eight in the NFL world and also the Baby Bowl contest that we play in each and every week, which is what the podcast is centered around. And we will look forward to week number nine and we will get all of the DFS plays. I say all, I may not be all because he tinkers, he tankers, and he tunkers. I don't, I made up a couple of words there, but Rob Norton does all those <laughs> things with his DFS lineups each and every week. How you doing tonight, Rob? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How does it feel to be the daddy of the baby bowl? I've never asked you that personally. You know, I call you the daddy of the baby bowl, and I, but I've never asked you how it felt to be a daddy of the baby bowl because a lot of dads out there, new dads or whatever, they're very excited whenever they have a new baby and bringing it home and very careful and they're kind of confused at times. Do you have all those same feelings when you are the daddy of the baby bowl? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's uh, it's exciting. It's a... Uh feels like a lot of work at times and um sometimes frustrating but more more often than not it's uh it's more enjoyable more enjoyable what are you what are you gonna do when the baby bowl hits puberty what what are you gonna <sighs> hey huh I mean, you're gonna have we're to gonna, talk? yeah i think so we're gonna have to figure it out that's for sure <laughs> hey rob uh we've always talked about how it doesn't seem like you know anybody could break that 200 point barrier in the baby bowl that was a record for a couple of years a long-standing record right it's it's mm-hmm. been there forever yeah yeah we we talk about it and you know nobody's ever gotten it and this is the third year so nobody has ever gotten it so far and and this past week can you tell everybody what happened how, how many people got to 200 this week so there were there were two People that broke the 200 after after two and a half years of nobody being able to do it. There was two people in the and, same week. And what was it like? Eight people got 190s or something like that this week. Is that is that what it was? I can't remember exactly how how it shook out there at the end, but there was something like that. It was it was a lot of people getting really high scores, and I can't believe how high of a score. Uh, just just the the fantasy week produced last week. I think it was crazy in DFS stuff too, right? Yeah, it was insane. I I think um I th- I know we had seven people get on the leaderboard. So so the top ten, I you know on the on the Discord, I got the um league records, and there's a top ten for most points in a single week. Seven of the ten are now from this week. <laughs> so there was there was a hundred the the lowest the number ten score is one ninety one point five eight. And that one was from this this week as well. But so now, anyone who wants to get their name on the leaderboard's got to they got to break basically 192. Wow, uh, is is Kangas on that leaderboard? No, not on that, not on the, not on the single week. I don't okay. think he's on even the. No, he's not on. Am, not on am, I, am, am I on the leaderboard? Yes, you are. Now Take you that, are. Kangas! Take that, <laughs> buddy! I know you like that, there, pal. I was setting that up. Uh, but you know who sits on top of the leaderboard? Who sits on top of the highest score that has ever been produced in the Baby Bowl? Do you, I, we, Rob Lord? We got to remember what week number eight brought us brought us here on the Baby Bowl. It is Austin Tehan. Is am I saying that right, Austin? Is it Tehan? Tehan? How do you say that name? You were right the first time, Tehan. I usually get three three variations, like the first one you said, the second one you said, or what Rap kind of said to start Tehan. But Tehan is, I think Tehan is how it was meant to be said, but. 
Yeah, I just yeah, I don't really care. I just go with it. <laughs> I like T Han. I like T Han. And Rob, uh, where T Han is going to be like in Lord. I mean, he's going to have his name etched in stone in the baby. Where where does where does it get etched in on the baby bowl? Is it on the crib? Is it on a baby bottle? How's it, how how does that work? I don't know. We're gonna have to figure it out because it's it's a uh, it's etched in pencil right now. So <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out a uh, long term solution for where it's getting etched. At Han 41 over there on Twitter. And Austin, I, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about your score. You finished with a 207.72, right? I, I, you, I, b- before the show, you gave me a little commentary about how you got it. Tell everybody, how, how did you get that score, Austin? Well, I kind of just, I mean, as probably most people probably do in the Baby Bowl, you know, you kind of just take a look at, uh, I mean, obviously there's a big, there's good plays in general. And you got great players like such as AJ Brown. He's a good, he's a good player every week for the most part. You know, I he went off for touchdowns. I mean, that's always a good play, but I mean, for the baby bowl, I'm always looking at uh, just who's out. Like who, I, first thing I was looking at the injury report, just get an mm-hmm. idea of who's out. And then obviously, so this week we got obviously Elliot, or I should say this last week, Ezekiel Elliott was out. Uh, and I saw Rob uh, made a tweet about, uh, it was after the fact, but either way, the point still stands about how he averages about, you know, a, a really good amount of rushing yards, insane amount of rushing yards, and he has, he has really good performances pretty much every time Zeke's out, he's by himself. Mm-hmm. So just kind of basic stuff like that, and uh, so, so you got that, and then I looked at uh, Debo Samuel being out, and I saw for the Niners and the Rams game, um, saw Debo was out, and I saw last week, I, I usually watch Red Zone every week, so I mean, I, I pretty much watch every uh. game. Yeah. A little bit, but uh, I usually have the Browns game. Uh, so we're no from Cleveland, so I usually have the Browns game on a separate TV all the time. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't my, blame you. It's sitting right I, on top of the garbage can, maybe even at times, right? Just in case you need <laughs> it right there on the Browns game. Hey, Browns are playing out there. My Jacoby Brissett and that Amari uh, Cooper is doing really, really well there. Let's go over your lineup a little bit. You had Tua Tagovailoa, my guy. You gave him gave you twenty nine baby bowl points, Austin. That was really good. And then you had CMC in there for forty baby bowl points. You even put Tony Pollard, like you talked about, 34 baby bowl points, and Deontay Foreman at 32 baby bowl points. Rob, I, I'm, I'm questioning you here about Deontay Foreman because last week he was kind of flying solo in that backfield a little bit going up against the Atlanta Falcons last week. How do you see this shaking out in the Carolina Panther backfield? It really looks to me like P.J. Walker's giving him a huge spark going forward. But is Deontay going to be still carrying uh, the load all by himself, or is he going to be sharing? the load with like a Chuba Hubbard if he comes off an injury. So I think still Foreman will be kind of more of the lead guy. Um, I think he's kind of earned that at this point. I do think Chuba will probably rotate in as long assuming he's healthy. I think he'll rotate in uh, mostly for passing downs if he is rotating in. Uh, so he could steal a little bit of that. And, you know, it's funny because I played Foreman this past week as well, and I, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I speak for Austin too that like the main reason for me um, using him that one he had a great uh, week the previous week against a tough uh, rush defense in Tampa. Yeah. Two, he was playing without Chuba, so he was going to get more of a workload. And three, it was at, against Atlanta, so like it felt like if you're going to use Foreman, this was the week to use Foreman, and and it uh, worked out well. And four, it was in a dome, you know. It's true. 
Hey, uh, Austin, you also, you stuck, uh, like you said, you talked about Hopkins and he gave you 34 baby bull points, just really opened things up there. It seems like for the Arizona offense, which is really good. A, a great play there last week. And you coupled up Tua and Waddle together. Waddle gave you 31 baby bull points last week. I, are you surprised at how successful Tyreek Hill is in Miami and that whole offense? Or were you kind of expecting that? A lot of people thought, you know, Tyreek was not going to be able to flourish in Miami like he did in Kansas City basically because they didn't think Tua was going to be able to get him the ball. And he's been able to support both those uh, wide receivers there in Miami, Austin. Well, it's kind of funny because, you know, obviously in the offseason, you know, in, in interviews and training camp and all that, Tyree kept saying, oh, no, Tua's the most accurate passer I've ever worked with and all this. And it's one of those things that, like, okay, you recognize that, but also that obviously you're trying to hype up your guy. So, it's, so how much right. stock you take into something like that, you know? But obviously, as you just said, it's turned out to be, I mean, obviously, I mean, I've been watching Tyreek Hill, obviously, quite a bit, I mean, over the years. So just every time I watch him, it's just insane to me how he moves. It just self, I mean, he may not be like as elusive as a guy like, you know, how you guys were talking about last week in the podcast about Tony. going. To the yeah, league. yeah. Kadarius Tony. He may not have the exact elusiveness, but God, he's just so quick and right. He's such great acceleration that it's almost like. I think he's almost proven that he can make just about anybody better as long as you as long as you can throw the ball on time, keep up with the speed. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't know how many people could do that. I, people talk about Tua underthrowing him in the preseason, and and I was after a while I was going, yeah, yeah, it's true. And then uh, one day I I was just driving around or something. I went, who who can really outthrow t- uh, a Tyree Kill? There are few and far between of those people. And listen to this, you got a two seven seventy two Austin. And you put Taysom Hill in there as your tight end. And he only gave you eight baby bowl points. So you could have even gotten higher if it wasn't for Taysom Hill. Not Taysom Hill has made my enemy list, I guess, because he just, I mean, that I, I called him being a, a good pickup around the ways. Or, and now he's made my enemy list because he brought your score down to 207.72, a one-week baby bowl record. Rob, I, I'm, I'm applauding that. I, I got to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Incredible week. Incredible week. It sure is. At uh, at ATHan41 over there on Twitter is what Austin Tion's uh, 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 Twitter handle is. Rob, I got a question, and it just came through on the Baby Bowl. I say it came through. I just checked the Baby Bowl little chat that we have over there on Twitter. And so I'm going to ask both of you guys this. I'll ask you at first, Rob. Brian Robinson. They're talking about his dynasty value going forward. I know you don't do a tremendous amount of dynasty talk. You're usually a, a weekly player, it kind of feels like, and do a lot of redraft stuff and projections each week. But I think that you can get a good handle on what Brian Robinson is as well. How do you think his future shakes out as far as a dynasty level running back goes? I'm not too big on him. Um I just don't. I don't like that situation in general. I was kind of down on the whole group of them, really uh, heading in. That's a three-headed monster there, where each guy kind of has, you know, uh, a specific design role. Like Brian Robinson has turned into more of the uh, between the twenties grinder, although that was kind of like what was expected from Gibson heading in. Uh, Gibson's starting to get more pass work. McKissick is like the clear like. Uh, two-minute drill, long down and distance kind of guy. So it's just a mess there. Um, I don't know really if we can expect Brian Robinson to be much of a pass catcher moving forward. And I don't like when when players are fully uh, touchdown dependent, especially on a team that's not that great. So okay. um, 
Yeah, Brian Robinson, for me, I would be trying to sell for mostly whatever I could get. Uh, you you had some had some opportunities. Uh, there was some hype a couple different times. Um, his value's down right now, so maybe you just got to hold for now and, and see if he can gain some value because you never know. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting with him. Oh, so when I look at that Washington commander football team, I look at a team that's just really in flux. You know, uh, the, the owner's trying to sell the team. He's got to hire a, a special agent. Rob, while we talked, Austin and I talk about this a little bit, I, I trust that you are getting the leaderboard, the top 10 leaderboard altogether. So, uh, Austin, I, I see the, the owner trying to sell the team. I, do, I think Ron Revere is kind of on the hot seat, hot seat. You never know with new ownership possibly coming in or, or just a lot of, a lot of stuff circulating there. Just a lot of weird stuff going on. Quarterback situation, Carson Wentz there and the Taylor Heineke seems to be though, what, who everybody really likes. I, I, I don't know. Whenever I approach dynasty stuff, Austin, like that, I'm real shaky about trying to hold on to somebody for very long if I don't have to. Yeah. I mean, it seems like just about anything to do with the commanders, is you know, since about 2000 has been uh <laughs> it's never, it's never <laughs> consistent so i mean i mean it's, it's literally i mean it's almost almost never a anything consistent player wise anything wise but any, but as far as brian robinson goes i actually i think i do actually have some stock in him pretty much every one of my leagues i do have him because he and pretty much every one of my drafts this year he was very he was available like yeah near like, like 15th round or so and uh, so I, I do have him. I put him ahead of my IR reserve, so he didn't really take up a spot for a while. So now I have him on my active rosters. So it's kind of, you know, prove it point this time. Like, do I, because I, I have him in a dynasty league. I have him in a keeper league. It's like, do I, I, I don't know. So, but, but I will say that the rest, the rest of the season here is going to be definitely interesting. Because like, like Rob said, I mean, it was meant for Gibson, like the, the between the 20s. And, yep. and, but in, in and Gibson hasn't been that bad. He hasn't been fumbling the ball as much as you know because as everybody talks about, you talk about Gibson. So it, it hasn't been that bad. And I mean, it's kind of been more like a committee. It seems like I mean, because Ryan Robinson's only averaged probably about eight fancy points. Yeah, he came in. I mean, he's really not doing much. So I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm definitely t- keeping an eye out. Uh, I I'm definitely probably gonna hang on in Dynasty. I don't imagine replacing him. I give him the beginning of next year. See how training camp comes out. But and, yep. and, and obviously, I'm not probably keeping him in keeper league. But Dynasty, I would still hold on to him personally. Just okay. to see how camp go shapes out and see how it goes from there but okay i think that's good advice solid advice and i keep rooting for him because he is from alabama so i'm rooting for those alabama running backs but he's not the greatest of them all i like the one that's there right now Woo! he gets me all fired up i can't remember his name because it's late on a tuesday on a thursday night but he gets me all fired up whenever i watch him rob give me the new top 10 on the leaderboard can he go from 10 to 1 can he go from 10 to 1 it got more dramatic that way you know what i mean that that works i'll do that starting at 10 we have at Desh wins, I think it's Chris Desh, um, is, is number 10 with 973, 8.86. Number nine, at Chris Stankowski, 977.78. At number eight, a, or Jay Crockett, 24, Jesse Clark, 985.12. Seventh is Coupe Fiasco, Andrew Cooper, at 1003.98. Six is our guy Juan Signs at KBD Cards, 1011.3. Fifth, into at into the lab pod, 1013.42. I'm sitting there in fourth at 1030.62. Uh, our leader all year has dropped to third, uh, Jeff Milner at geek underscore mill, 1033.78. Oh. 
Kevin Tompkins at K Tompkins II has moved to second, ten sixty one point five four. And so, so we got two guys. So we got two guys from the what they call them, the fantasy besties. Is that what they are there that they usually put out uh, over there on Twitter? I think on Thursday nights they probably compete with us, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, moving into first place, the new leader is my wife. Um, she has ten sixty eight point oh two. <laughs> good job Ju- is it julia julie is that is how is julie, it? julie julie yeah okay i don't know why I, julia sounds so I, I think of julia child you know whatever i say <laughs> uh, uh julie that's wonderful i'm so happy for you and i'm sure and, and julie if you are not if you are not trying to zing rob around the house you know just little zingers here and there and just uh, are you sure rob that you don't want to go out and get the newspaper for your champ right now you know just uh, if you're <laughs> If you're not throwing little zingers, little arrows at Rob, please just t- t- tweet at me, and I'll be happy to give you a couple. Okay, I got a couple right there on the tip of my tongue, but I, I, I'm not going to give them out right now. Rob, <laughs> how does that feel? How does that feel to have you? Are you proud of her? Or are you jealous? How, how's that? It's a it's a it's a mixed bag, you know. It's a mixed bag from, and like on one hand, I'm I'm excited for her that she's doing so well uh-huh. and she's uh she's uh you know actually enjoying it and like enjoying the process of like figuring out a lineup and things on the other hand you know i do want to i'm i'm, I'm a competitive guy so uh especially in, in my own house to get that held over my head so um you know i'm the one that's supposed to be the uh the quote-unquote analyst that writes and yeah. this this and that and she's she's saying she, you know she's letting me hear how it's not that hard and <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah um but yeah overall just yeah definitely definitely happy for her even though even though like i said i am a competitive guy i always want to win everything i do so um but it, it's been fun I, around the house, I've started doing some things with the girls. I got the teenager who likes football, and of course, I like football. Wife could care less about football, hates fantasy football. <laughs> and then I got the seven-year-old who doesn't know what time of day it is half the time. And and so I put together sheets, and we got to do the little X's on all the games, you know, throughout the week and everything. And and I'll have you guys know I'm dominating all the girls here in the house a little bit. But last week, <laughs> it it came down to Monday night football. It, it was my wife and I were tied. And the score was nine nine, whatever, or ten ten. I don't, I don't even know. And and I picked Cincinnati. She picked Cleveland. So she won the week last week. How, how did how does Cleveland win the game against Cincinnati? I don't want to hear any chase. Jamar Chase not in the game. I don't want to hear it. I had a lot lying on the line. I'll just tell you, there were some side bets going on there in that game. Okay, there were, <laughs> and, and and I didn't get a single victory lap uh, or whatever. So that was really tough, Austin. I don't know if you do that with anybody or not. I, I do suggest that you that you find people to play a, uh, like a contest like that in Austin if you do not. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't do any full fledged stuff like that, but I do. <laughs> Dude, def- definitely bragging rights amongst like like my four or five of my core friends. We all play fantasy. We're always pretty much every week, every day, <laughs> and mentioned something about it in our group chat. So trust me, it's definitely a uh, definitely there. I have it, just maybe not formal, but. Well, you you got bragging rights right now on the baby bowl, and that's a fantastic score. I can't believe. I mean, I can't believe somebody broke two hundred. It was coming, Rob. It was coming. I I just mm-hmm. didn't expect it. All the all the, all those stars lined up good last week with all the running back possibilities that were out there, just really being able to have great matchups and stuff. And and Austin, you sure did put it all together really well. All right, guys, let's head over to week number nine and let's talk about this stuff that's going on. And of course, we have the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans happening right now. I can't believe Houston 
and actually scored a touchdown. That Philadelphia run defense isn't as great as it appears to be. I think the passing down, I know they got a passing touchdown to whoever it was. It's actually 14-14 now. How'd they get another touchdown? What happened there? They- yeah, Chris Chris Moore got a touchdown. Uh, Davis Mills threw another touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah, they're hanging in there. They're hanging tough. Yeah, they, they certainly are. Our first game that we're going to talk about on this board is... Oh, no, I was going to say Philadelphia-Houston. That's where I'm real anti- uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Atlanta Falcons, Austin. This one, you picked on the Atlanta Falcons, I think, a little bit last week with Deontay Foreman. Do you think that Austin Eckler, who, by the way, just popped up on the injury report today with a little abdominal strain, I think. a little. I don't know how much we can trust into that. Might just be a little day of rest here for him. But uh, the little abdominal strain on the injury report today, uh, would Austin Eckler look like one of those baby boom players against the Atlanta Falcons defense this week? Uh, I would say so, to say the least, yes. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, Eckler's definitely, I, I think I mean, Eckler's proving he's a pretty tough guy. I don't think the abdominal strain's going to, I wouldn't worry about that personally. But, okay. uh, uh, but yeah, I, I almost kind of, I'm always thinking about this game kind of the way when the Chargers played the Browns, obviously, because I actually went to that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he just kind of, it was kind of one of those games that he kind of just, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, he kind of ran over the he ran all over the Browns, and I, I kind of see a similar spot happening here with Atlanta. About you know, I definitely think it's a good play for Eckler, especially uh, considering last week you see how what Foreman did and, and sure. like, like one of the worst offenses in football in the Panthers. I mean, so the only thing the only thing that, that always kind of the, the Chargers to me though, just in general, are always a little yes, they have good talent and all that, but they're always just a little iffy to me because it seems like 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 for earlier this year when they got smoked by jacksonville at home and stuff like that I don't, but i'd say overall their talent kind of outweighs all that the that kind of weird outlier type stuff but still mm-hmm. i i don't trust the, the, the charge as much as some guys like herbert and all them guys i don't really trust them as much as some they like to but i definitely think Eckler's a good play this week no, I I think Eckler is a solid play, especially for baby bowl for a baby bowl boom and a, and a and a bus player. Rob, when I'm looking at this, I I don't know which wide receivers to choose from for the Atlanta Falcons because of course we do want to pick on that. Uh, I'm I'm sorry for the Los Angeles Chargers because we do want to pick on the Atlanta Falcons defense whenever we have an opportunity to. But it looks like Keenan Allen's going to be out again. He hasn't practiced. I don't think all week. I'm not sure that Palmer has necessarily committed to playing. He probably is going to come off that concussion protocol, but I, I don't know that that's 100%. It's sounding a little bit more iffy as the week rolls on here. I, and I can't, I can't go to whoever. Who is, what's the other guy? Derek Carter? Carter? D. Carter? Something like that is what is who he is on, on there. It looks like a Gerald Everett week maybe for a tight end purposes. Yeah, Gerald Everett, Everett, Gerald Everett is definitely interesting. Um, I like the Everett play a lot. Uh, yeah, Josh Palmer. I mean, I think he, as long as he goes, if, if, uh, Keenan and I mean, Mike Williams is already out, but if Keenan is officially out, which it sounded like he's trending that way, then Palmer could be interesting as well. Uh, like you mentioned, Deandre Carter is another name. Uh, and Michael Bandy is another name. Uh, he got six targets last week or the previous week. Um, and, uh, but I mean, those ones are a little bit, a uh, little bit yeah. thin for for baby bowl purposes, unless you're trying to really uh, dig deep here. Um, but I don't think you got to go that deep. Um, so, so yeah, I think uh, Palm, I think Palmer and uh, Everett are both in play for for baby bowl purposes. 
Okay, I, I could I could see that. I, I think I'd want to smash that Austin Eckler spot mm-hmm. pretty strongly, uh, for sure, just because it, it may be the only weapon that they have. It, it feels yep. like they're. Well, I'm trying to find the score here. What's the, what's the what's the point spread on that one, Rob? So it looks like from what I'm seeing is that the Chargers are a three point favorite, and there's a forty. It's a forty nine point five implied. Wow, uh, combined total. There's okay, a it's I, pretty high total, and uh, so yeah, Eckler. The other thing, like you mentioned, with being like the only um, weapon, we've seen in games before when uh, when other guys are out, how heavily he's targeted. He's even talked about it. I don't know if you've listened to the the Eckler's Edge pod with uh, Matt Harmon on for Yahoo, but um, Eckler was on there, and they you know they were talking about it the game earlier this year where he had like 16 targets. And he was saying, even he's like, that's, you know, that's not ideal for our offense, but when guys are out, I'm going to get targeted more often. So it's definitely a, you know, a play if you haven't used Eckler yet in baby bowl, I would definitely do it if, if uh, Keenan is officially out. It's looking like the Los Angeles Chargers give the second most points to DraftKings participants for two running backs, Rob, uh, for mm-hmm. Atlanta. I'm not sure that that has any clear clear-cut uh, solution for that uh, right now, and I don't think Cordero Patterson's going to come back, and I wouldn't expect to see a huge workload for him even if he was. I, I, I don't know what to do there. I, I wouldn't think of Caleb Huntley or uh, Algier. I don't think that it'd be him either. I, I can't trust that uh, top-10 uh, effectiveness. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Algier's kind of been more the guy, but, I mean, they've been running at an insane rate, like a, just actually a dumb stupid rate in my opinion like you you have two of the two monster receivers in Pitts and london and you're gonna just run with this fifth fifth round rookie running back like i don't know but but the algier has been the one that's kind of been more um huntley's been getting a good amount of carries but algier is the one that he's been getting a good amount of carries and he's also running more routes than than huntley so if you were wanting to play one algier would be the one um assuming uh, Patterson stays out for another week. Hmm. I, I'm I'm sniffing an under on this one. I don't think it's going to reach that 49 and a half with all the injuries that are piling up for the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Chargers. I think that clock's going to keep ticking, 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 and I can't see how they're going to be able to run at run. They're both teams, both teams are going to run, and that's that's a fast clock. So 49 and a half. I'm going to take the under on that one. Uh, let's move on to Miami and Chicago, Austin. We are going to my Bears. We are going to my Chicago Bears, and I get to see the new little toy that they have in. Claypool. Isn't that something that, hey, man, I got a wide receiver now. I mean, uh, Robinson left, uh, and that's fine. That's you can, you can have him. Now I got Claypool. I, I've, I've heard that there are some tailors uh, already in Chicago trying to get a golden jacket made for Claypool so that he can go in, wherever he goes in the Hall of Fame, they can say that he made it. How do you expect this game to shake out here, Austin? Right now, it's looking like a 45 and a half point total, and Miami is favored by four and a half points are they going to be able to bring that magic passing game into Chicago? I think there's a good chance. Uh, the only the only element I can maybe think of that might, I mean, besides you no, know, just you know, element of randomness is just the, the weather. Because I, mean, I haven't, I, I don't have the weather pulled up for Chicago right at me, right in front mm-hmm. of me. But looks I mean, good. This looks good. Year, Sunny. Yeah. This time of year, I mean, you know, it, it, last week obviously everybody in Miami went off inside a dome, but I mean, could be somewhere in a fort, you know, you never know. So that's the only thing I can think of. Other than that, uh, I can, I can see the Miami going off kind of similar to how Dallas did last week. Uh, Maybe not 
that top level. But the point is, you know, get, get in that 30 range. So I, so I do like, um, I mean, I, honestly, at this point, Hill and Waddle are about, if you haven't played him yet, I would, I would almost just get him in there just so, uh, mm-hmm. just in case of injury, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I'd say all those guys are pretty good, uh, but yeah. I do like, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about Claypool and all that. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, Justin Fields is on the rise. Uh, I know he's, he's, I pick him up on waiver wire in one of my leagues cause I do like it, but I don't yeah. know. I just, I, I still don't think Justin Fields is right at that cusp yet to where it's really gonna make a huge difference for fantasy purposes. So I would, so I don't, I don't, I don't put too much stock into Claypool at the moment, but you never know. He could surprise with a couple touchdowns early on. Okay. First couple weeks. You never know. That's a- that's what I like to hear, Austin. Okay, okay, yeah, that's what I like to hear. I'm a Bears fan, Austin. You got get pump me up, man. Just pump me up. That's fine. <laughs> get me going about Claypool. Tell me how it's going to be great with him and Moody there. Tell me how that's going to lead to more fantasy success for Cole Komet, Justin Fields. I love it. I love all that stuff. Give me some uh, Khalil Herbert action too, and some David Montgomery. Woo! I'm ready for this offense. I really think Austin too that the Bears selling a lot of their defensive players have have made a commitment to trying to score more, to give Justin Fields a little more of the playbook, to to let him kind of set free. We were talking a couple of weeks ago, Rob, I think during a Thursday night podcast against the, with the Bears and the Washington Commanders, that it really just, they, they wouldn't let Justin Fields do things and he couldn't find a rhythm, overthrowing everybody, looking like Tom Brady as quarterback, overthrowing people, underthrowing people. <laughs> that was a dig. Did you hear my Tom Brady, Justin Fields comparison? That was, wow, that was, that was, that was a good one. Uh, but, but now that it feels like they're setting plays up for Justin Fields to succeed, not only in the passing game, but also running him, too. That, that's really good stuff, Rob. Yeah, I think he has the second most designed runs over the last four weeks. Um, and uh, he had he had a lot of uh, scrambles the first four weeks, uh, but it wasn't as designed. I think that they're definitely getting him out on the edge more. They're designing plays to tailoring to his strength a little bit more, and it and showed over the past four weeks. He's averaging over, like, 21 uh fantasy points per game so um yeah it's not it's gonna be nice it's gonna be nice to see uh claypool how he integrates in the offense um you know obviously they have mooney who's like a fine receiver but i don't think mooney profiles as a true like alpha receiver claypool may not be that either but like they should complement each other pretty well claypool is a big strong fast athletic guy um, I've never been a huge Claypool fan, but like he, like I said, he compliments Mooney pretty well. So it's another, another weapon on a team that, you know, really needs to evaluate, uh, fields with more weapons. So yeah, I've been really liking what I've been seeing from fields over the past, uh, four or five weeks or so. Guys, I like the outlook for Jeffrey Wilson going to Miami too. I know Mostert's there and, and they got, you know, the, 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 they like him, they like him there. Um, and he kind of took over that number one job with Chase Edmonds, but it feels like Miami said, okay, yeah, we made a mistake with signing Edmonds. You know, and they got rid of him, sent him to Denver. Now he's sharing in that backfield over there. So I like Jeffrey Wilson there just a little bit more than I necessarily like Chase Edmonds even going into the season, even though they paid him all that money. It's, they're very familiar with the system. I think Jeffrey Wilson can come in this week and make a fantasy splash. I'm not going to say to play him in Baby Bowl. It's not necessarily a Baby Bowl boom, but I might even be looking to buy him on the low side of things, Rob, right now, just because people might not be people might be scared because now he's changing uniforms. He wasn't getting a lot of run anymore in San Francisco. Maybe they're unsure about his production, but I think I think we might be able to find some, especially with the injury history of Mustard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
thing was with Wilson, um, you know, with CMC going there and Elijah Mitchell coming back from injury probably sometime soon. Uh, it was going to relegate Wilson to third string probably. So, yeah, he definitely uh, gained some value in fantasy with uh, with the trade. So he's, um, you know, a high end kind of handcuff. He, he has uh, experience in that system already and he could come in and uh even even steal some goal line work right away um but even still his his fantasy value is more tied to being a you know a high upside uh handcuff and and mostert as uh, much as he's done well he does have a you know an extensive injury history uh so um i mean we hope that he stays healthy but obviously anytime you have a running back with an injury history or just, I mean, running back is a violent position in general. So uh, getting a guy that's going to, that could um, see himself into a full workload with an injury, that's Mm -hmm. uh, valuable for sure as a stash. Third least fantasy points given up to wide receivers. That's the Chicago Bears. They don't give up a lot of points to wide receivers. Might have something to do with that home turf like you were talking about, Austin, because or that home field advantage just because that field in Chicago is just terrible. It's just terrible. The, by the, the way, I did look it up. The weather in Chicago is going to be not a problem. It'll be 65 degrees and sunny. So, but, so forget what I said earlier. But, <laughs> but, 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 you know, the field itself, yeah, is always getting – well, they did replant grass this year. So I mean, we, haven't, we haven't heard too much lately. It's but, terrible. Yeah, it's always terrible. That not being <laughs> yeah, That field is terrible. It's always been terrible. It'll always be terrible. You know, when I was growing up and I was watching the Chicago Bears for the first time, you know, the, the, it was that AstroTurf stuff was really just concrete is all it was that was there. It's just terrible. It's always been terrible. Austin, I got a question, though, for you about our next game. The Carolina Panthers at the Cincinnati Bengals. This game total is 42 and a half, so one of the lower ones of the week. And Cincinnati is favored by seven points. I'm looking at the Carolina Panther odd shock total. What they project the team to score is 15 points. They project Cincinnati to score 30 points. What what happened to Baker Mayfield going over to Carolina, Austin? That had to be your guy there in Cleveland. He was my guy for a, for, for a short period of time. I was pulling for the Cleveland Browns uh, two years ago in the playoffs, man. They were doing everything right. They barely lost to Kansas City. And then the wheels just fell off. And Baker Mayfield's wheels fell off. He goes to Carolina. And P.J. Walker's playing better than, than Baker Mayfield was this year. What happened, Austin? Yeah, I've, I've always kind of been, uh, I mean, for Baker, my, I, I'm trend to, I mean, not so much football-wise, but personal-wise, I do trend to actually like Baker. I liked him in Cleveland as just a, in general, like, I didn't, some people would really hate it on him. I didn't feel that bad about it, but I mean, obviously, it, one, it was one of those things that you could see it, it, the end was coming. And I, I honestly, I did not predict him having one of the worst QBRs and all that stuff. To start the yeah. year, I thought maybe he would get a fresh start with Carolina, but at the same time, it's almost like I almost kind of doesn't make it kind of makes a little bit of sense when you have like <laughs> guy like Matt Rule who obviously has gotten fired, yeah, um, yeah, and Steve and there, no, the next coach is Steve Wilkes, and he's not an offensive guy, so I mean, it's almost like he's really not even success, you know set up to, to succeed. And they're, I mean, and the guy with McCaffrey now and. Yeah, it's one of those things that honestly, I feel I kind of feel bad for Baker who's had you know how many different offensive coordinators, how many different head coaches in his five, you no know, six years. But true, I think at this point he's probably going to be one of the high, a higher paid backup, please, until he proves himself otherwise, which I don't think I can't envision happening. But yeah, it's 
I I feel bad for him, but at the same time, it kind of just it, it, it's kind of the nature of this of this beast of the league. It's a, it sounds like you're talking about an ex girlfriend right now. Just the, you know, the <laughs> oh, that kind of stuff, you know, because you because you, you, you I, I hear your heart talking and I hear your brain talking. It, they both sound right, is what they do, and and uh, it, it's uh, that's what makes sports a little bit fun too. Is that you give your heart to some people and then you got to take it back and you got to wrestle with some of that stuff. What do you think about this Carolina Panther offense, though? Do you see any baby ball booms? Can we can we look for a DJ more this week? Or can we look for a Deontay Foreman this week? Maybe even if we had to play, if we're looking at our quarterbacks, can we play a PJ Walker, Austin? Quite honestly, I uh, I don't personally. I don't think I'll ever be playing PJ Walker. So. <laughs> no offense to PJ, but he, he's just he, he's just a definition of a guy who you could totally see getting about uh, you know, two points or, you know, like you have a good running day and could have like a decent passing day like he did against Atlanta and he could go off, you know, for like 20 points, but okay, he, he's way too volatile for me to ever consider, but it's the Carolina in general, uh, I, I haven't, do you guys have an update on who on Hubbard's status for this week? Cause if he is not playing this week again, I would before you, why you'll have the chance if you hadn't played him, I'd play him again, but yeah. But yeah. Other than that, it, it's it's kind of interesting cause cause Steve Wilkes is the head coach. He's <laughs> He's talked about in every interview since CMC left about how he wants to do a, no, a committee and all that. But uh, I think he got six, had 16 carries two weeks ago and he had 31 carries last week. So I, <laughs> I don't exactly know when that committee is going to take effect. But I would almost, I would almost try to get Foreman in there before is like next couple of weeks because uh, they might try try to start testing out their younger backs to, to start that committee. But and and and, see, and look out for next year though because obviously not going anywhere this year so but yeah I would I like that I, I'd I'd play Foreman if you in the next couple of weeks I mean especially this week if Hubbard's getting he's back in and uh yeah. and obviously you saw the Browns scoring 32 points on him so so uh, DJ Moore is not a bad play either but it's. I mean, and obviously he has more chemistry with PJ Walker than he does with freaking Baker Mayfield. So, <laughs> and I like what you said about Foreman too. Just and, and even if they don't want to try out their younger backs, Deontay Moore, Foreman may end up pulling something along the way this season after he proves himself again, waiting for that opportunity next year to maybe come a little bit better for him to be a lead back and you know trying to avoid injury like that for the Cincinnati Bengals. Rob, we saw that defense get lit up, but our, uh, the offense was kind of not productive. Do you think that that'll change this week? And we can think that the Cincinnati Bengals will return to the baby bowl boom form that they have been all year. Or are they all just going to be bust until Chase comes back? Yeah, I think it's. I think this is a good week for them to um, play well. Uh, probably want to want to get right. And after last week, uh, I don't think the Carolina Panthers pass rush is is nearly as good as a uh, Miles Garrett and Clowney pass rush. So. Um, I do think um, Burrow should have a little bit more success. I think uh, Mixon, to me, any week is a pretty good play. He just gets so much volume. Um, so, and the the uh, Bengals have a 25 point implied total, and they're like a six or seven and a half point favorite. So, you know, that's a kind of a you know a great spot for to get anyone in this offense. T Higgins as well. Um, you know, without without Chase there could be the time to start using T Higgins before Chase gets back. Chase's timeline is kind of up in the air. I think he's going to be out closer to 6. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets if it gets pushed back. I mean, the hip thing is kind of ominous a little bit the way they were talking about it. And um 
you know, I think uh, they're going to want to try to hold him out as long as possible, be as cautious as possible. They don't want to, you know, aggravate that injury or, or make it worse. So, um, you probably have a few more weeks still to play Higgins, but I don't, I don't mind play, playing Higgins this week if you haven't. I, I think I like uh, to look at Higgins whenever Chase is back. To be honest with you, I think he struggled a little bit earlier this year because he was injured himself and mm-hmm. he came back out there on the field. And I don't think that he was able to give 100 percent Then that big Tyler Boyd game, what, two or three weeks ago or whatever it was against the Atlanta Falcons, I think, by the way. So I'm not putting a lot of stock into that game necessarily. Sometimes you got to feed a Tyler Boyd in those games that you can in order to not have to make him mad the entire season. You know, you just got to you got to reward the guys, just like I talk about rewarding tight ends. And, and to me, I think T Higgins is that complimentary player to Jameer Chase. And he does better whenever he's not the, the guy, you know, I, I, and there's not a lot of wide receivers who I can think of that necessarily take the place of that number one receiver that I try to capitalize off of in that running back situation for the Bay Bowl, whenever the, you know, the, 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 it's clearly defined that there's going to be an RB one there. Like, Foreman was last week. I don't necessarily think I can do that with wide receivers each and every time, Rob. Yeah, no, that's a definitely a fair point. And I know a lot of people feel the same way too. Um, I might just be a little bit higher on Higgins. I love Higgins as a, as a player in general. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so, um, but I, I do think, I mean, I love Chase too. So like they're, they're both awesome. And um, I obviously Chase is the, is the alpha there though. Uh, we've seen that clearly. And um, the thing is, like you said, uh, it with wide receiver it is different because it's not like someone's just you're just going to step into automatic opportunity. You know, obviously with the with the running back when you when the, the running back gets hurt, you're the next guy up. And when it's a design run play, they literally hand it off to you. Whereas if it's a design pass play, you may be the first read, but if you're not open, you're not getting the ball. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely definitely not the same as a, as a running back stepping into a bigger role situation. Speaking of a bigger role situation, that's exactly what we have going on right now in Green Bay in that wide receiver room. I, I got we're over on DraftKings. We kind of look at DraftKings right here. This Green Bay total, by the way, let me let me just go ahead and get this one out here really quick. I had it forty nine and a half. Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions, 49 and a half right now. Green Bay is three and a half point favorites on this one. And Rob, that's a game that we usually like to capitalize on. It's in a dome. It's all those things, mm-hmm. pass pays, Detroit Lion, bad defense. But let me give you these DraftKings prices of this game right now, okay? Aaron Jones, top player on the board for DraftKings, 7,400. Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown, 6,600. Swift, 6,400. Alan Lazard, 6K. Jamal Williams, 5,900. I haven't said Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers isn't in the top five or six. Now, I cheated a little bit. I put Aaron Rodgers below Jamal Williams. I think they go in alphabetical order. But he is 50, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is 5,900, Rob. 5,900. A.J. Dillon's 5,700. This looks like a smash spot for Aaron Rodgers, but I just don't know who he's going to throw it to. But if I'm putting my money on somebody, it's got to be Romeo Dobbs at 5,300. I'm doing it again. Uh, again this week because he just he's been peppered with targets each and every week except for that one where he really got in the doghouse but each week he's kind of proved himself to me as being the guy that 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 uh that that Aaron Rodgers looks for yeah definitely uh I really like uh you know obviously you knew you knew uh I was gonna like this one being in a dome and against the against the Lions so um the Lions are a team we like to pick on pick on they've become like a you know, we talk about it with a fantasy carnival where they're they're a great offense, 
Uh, they can put up points, especially when everyone's healthy, but they're awful on defense. So they get into a lot of shootouts and um, that's what you want. So, yeah, I, I really love the spot this week for Aaron Jones and for Aaron Rodgers. And um, I, I do agree. Uh, Romeo Dubs is my favorite uh, receiver to play. Lazard, hopefully for Rodgers' sake, Lazard is back. Um, but I think even if Lazard's back, he's not fully 100% right now. Uh, he's been limited, I think, all this week, and he missed last week. So it would cloud things up a little bit for, for Dobbs. Um, but but still, I think Dobbs is a fine play, um, and he yeah. could get the get, get a lot of targets and, and uh, have a big game in this one. I, I think that he likes to pepper him with targets just to be able to complain about something if Dobbs doesn't catch the ball. You know, I, I, I think that's part of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' repertoire there. It's just, who can I pick on here? I want to do that. For the over there on the Detroit side, uh, Austin, whenever I look at that one, I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to figure out what to do because TJ Hawkinson isn't in there anymore. I don't know who that opens up the field for because Amon Ross ain't Brown. He does his Amon Ross ain't Brown things each and every week. But could we maybe now start trying to concentrate on possibly playing a Josh Reynolds, maybe a little bit more uh, or, or somebody like that? Or uh, what do you think about that whole situation? Uh, well, I completely agree. You know, I, obviously I'm, I'm all right. Does I'm all right things either way, but I, I actually, the move of Hawkinson, I think to me, <laughs> I think it almost, almost two folds his value i think he's okay he, he's even more so going to be an alpha and in, in detroit you know for what for, for what that's worth with a jerry goff being his quarterback but uh <laughs> but i don't know i still don't like you know considering jerry goff i don't really there's nothing has ever started for me with with detroit yeah but besides i'm on because i mean i like Kalik raymond because he's it seems like he's always making at least a one or two big you know big catches a game but same but he's not really consistent but Josh Reynolds, I do. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I would, I wouldn't. I mean, if you're desperate, but okay. I, I would say to me towards the end of the season, once I see what kind of repertoire he gets with his receivers without Hawkinson at this point. But okay. that's how I look at that. Okay, that's good. That's good. We'll maybe just wait to see if there's any baby bowl boomers in in that Detroit offense after TJ leaves to go to Minnesota. Our next game is Las Vegas Raiders at Jacksonville Jaguars. This game totals at 48. We have the Las Vegas Raiders somehow, someway, after getting zero points last week, being favored by one and a half points this week. I don't understand that. Maybe it's because it's not in Rob Norton's dome or anything like that. Maybe it's over there in Jacksonville, and that's why. (laughs) Uh, But one and a half point favorites on the road, two weeks in a row on the road, by the way, New Orleans and Jacksonville kind of close together, kind of far away. I don't, I don't know how you look at that. It's a long way away from Las Vegas. That's what I know about that one. Uh, whenever I see that I'm looking for baby bowl boom players. And I don't think that I can find a better one, Austin, in any of these things than, than a little Travis Etienne right now. He is just booming, booming. You are absolutely correct. And, uh, as Rob knows, cause I, I, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago, but I, I have him in, in baseball, in my leagues as well. Cause I, I was high on entering the season and then, um, I, I didn't have him in one of my leagues, but I made a trade with involved. I got Derrick Henry away. I gave Derrick Henry away in exchange for Pitts and Etienne, and they always bashed me for it in my, my league chat. But then literally about a week later, Robinson got traded, and then obviously he's had pretty, oh, obviously a really good week last week. So mm-hmm. I'm, I got a lot of stock in Etienne personally, and this is even more validating to me, uh, especially against the Raiders. I mean, you saw what Kamara did last week. I mean, pretty much anything Las Vegas is defensive-wise is – Always take a look at the running backs and see running backs, receivers, see who they're facing. Obviously, this week we have ETN. I definitely think he's a smash play. 
Okay. You, All right. You haven't used them yet. I like Josh Jacobs too. Do you? You like Josh Jacobs in this one? Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, against Jacksonville, it's, uh, I'd say it's one of those spots that you haven't used him yet. It's not a bad spot. Uh, cause especially since, you know, Jacobs has been, I mean, obviously he's looked really good this year, but I mean, he's, they've also kind of rode him quite a bit just like, you know, running back wise. So he might get a little wear and tear as this year goes on, but I'd say it's no, not a bad play nor a great play personally for baby okay. bowl purposes. All right, I'm looking for a baby bowl boom this week, Rob, out of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, quarterbacks uh, give up, uh, Las Vegas Raiders give up the most points to quarterbacks. And maybe because Andy Dalton lit him up last week. But I think that a little bit more than that as well. Travis Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence this week does pretty good back there at quarterback. Had a bad week against Denver. So people are going to be scared away from him, I think, for DraftKings purposes. But everybody has a bad week against Denver. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you mentioned it because um, so I my article that just came out for betting predators um, a couple hours ago, they uh, I had mentioned for that Trevor Lawrence was my favorite um, GPP uh, play for DraftKings this week. Oh, really? Yeah, because the the matchup is great, like you said. Um, they give it the most, or one of the most points to to quarterbacks. People are going to be scared off a little bit by by his eight point game last week. Um, people have kind of been down on him and just in general, because he was, you know, supposed to be a, supposed to be a surefire superstar. And he's, he's not been that so far. Um, he has scored, you know, 17 points a game. And I think it's like, I think on the slate, he's like the 11th or 12th highest scoring QB, but he's like the 17th or 18th in, in, uh, price. Um, so, you know, considering matchup, considering price, everything like that, um, He's a he's a great uh, point per dollar play, and he's going under the radar. And people, the thing about it is like the in Vegas, the the total being forty seven and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. They're kind of letting you know that they think this game could be higher scoring than right. than what what people would think. So, um, you know, all the all the signs point to this game being a sneaky shootout, especially with a close spread as well. And yeah, so I, I love Lawrence and um, this week and, and for DraftKings, especially in Baby Bowl, it's close because he's on that kind of borderline because we like we mentioned, we, you know, we only play 17 uh, yeah. of them. So he's 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 on that borderline. But what? I do think this is a <laughs> this is a week. You, you yeah. say it's borderline. You say it's possible. Is that, look, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the Baby Bowl rosters and I have nobody left to play at quarterback. I have nobody. <laughs> Nobody at all. I don't know yeah. who these people are. I'm, I'm the hey, and I Austin sitting there saying, "Oh, I don't know if I'd ever play PJ Walker." Austin, I have no <laughs> other choices. I'm looking at them, and I've I burned them on their worst weeks. I thought the worst weeks. I know I put the Devontae Adams in there, and he gave me like a five in the Baby Bowl. How did I know that wasn't going to be his lowest score? I am like a soothsayer right now. I am traveling in them tide portals, seeing that I don't need to play Devontae Adams on week number eight. How does Devontae Adams get give me and Scott Fishbowl less than a point, Rob Norton? I don't understand that. I am, I am calling the union about this. I don't know who. I, I, Scott Fish has got to do something about this. This is unacceptable, Devontae. I agree. I agree. We got to get him on the horn. We got to. We gotta start a campaign. We'll get we'll get the people out and out in droves. Make make some changes. You know, Devontae Adams, that kind of score in Scott Fishbowl. We we can't be having it. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm, I'm flustered right now. Uh, I think about <laughs> I think about all this situation. Uh, do I don't know if I see any other baby bowl booms necessarily. Uh, if I have to pick somebody for Trevor Lawrence, Rob, which receiver are you gonna match him up with? Because I know you're gonna stack this guy with somebody. Yeah, so 
for um for DraftKings purposes, I actually like Evan Ingram. Yeah, I like Evan Ingram a lot. I like um I like Evan Ingram a lot. I like uh I like um Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Like I like all three of those options. Okay. Um if you're going baby bowl purposes, Evan Ingram or Christian Kirk. Like I like Christian Kirk more than Zay Jones straight up, so uh Christian Kirk over Zay Jones. But yeah, Evan Ingram is very viable at tight end this week too. Trevor Lawrence has been dropped in my home league. I just saw that. It's Trevor Lawrence. I had picked up Andy Dalton. I'm streaming quarterbacks. I, I should pick up Trevor Lawrence for Andy Dalton, right? That that's that's a no brainer, right? This week? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do mean, like Andy Dalton Baltimore. too. So. Yeah, yeah, as I said, I do like Andy Baltimore. Dalton in a dome uh, against Baltimore. So it's oh. but it but I think I do have uh Trevor Lawrence ahead. So it's okay. it's, it's right. pretty close for me though. I will say that. Uh, any 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 thoughts on that one, Austin? I know I'm the analyst here. I'm 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 just steering the ship into a a big iceberg is what I feel like sometimes <laughs> on the Titanic though on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. No, the only thing I would add is I do like I do like Ingram a lot. Uh, I believe Vegas. I looked at something earlier. I believe they, they were allowing about on average like the third most fantasy points to tight ends okay. this year in the league. Yep. So you are absolutely right. The third most DraftKings points to tight ends. You're absolutely right. So yeah, I do like that play, and uh, I, I completely agree with Rob too about the uh, sneaky shootout potential. Because we got two teams like this, yeah, I want you know one of those kind of just under radar games. You could definitely see it being about a thirty-eight to thirty-five, thirty-four game or something like that. So I would right. definitely, I would not look away from this game when you see those two teams. I would just you know take a look and see what you haven't played yet for those two teams. Okay, uh, we got to speed this one up a little bit, guys. We're running out of time, and we still have a bunch of games left. I don't know how that happened, but before I do that, Austin, I got to ask you this question because we are kind of at the halfway point. It's half time right now for our podcast, anyway. And I always remind people at this point to follow me over on Twitter at Loafinit. You can follow Rob as well at Norton zero seven two three over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow Show at F I today with a little underscore, and you can follow the highest scoring uh, p- person that has ever put up a high score in the Baby Bowl. It is Austin Tehan at than41 at a than41 i the at and the a really go together right there also whenever i look at that whenever i wrote it down and i went i'm going to have troubles with it and i think i planted that in my mind at a a than at a than41 put up a 207 207 on the baby bowl great job there austin i gotta ask you this though how did you get involved with the baby bowl did you hear about it on twitter or you know rob or how'd that work uh, well, I, I know Rob. I, I play basketball with him just, just about every week uh, for the last like, few years. Uh, so I, I know him that way. And I mean, I've, I've seen it all over Twitter. And he kind of – I don't remember exactly how I heard about the playoff edition last year. This is actually my first regular season edition I'm playing. Uh, but I got I – haven't really, I, haven't really, I didn't really get into fantasy until the last couple of years. So I kind of got into playoff last year, and then I, I liked it. And I gave it a shot this year, and I'm having fun. So this is going. Another, another newcomer. Another newcomer has put up the highest score, won the week. Rob, I, I'm telling you, this is just how, how does I got to get distracted here. How does Rob Norton? How's his jump shot? Is he is he a grinder out there? Is he a hustler? Does he shoot threes? What does he do out there on the basketball court? Rob's a little bit at Rob's a little bit of everything, but you know he's he's kind of the floor general out there. Pretty much really? if I, anytime I need a point guard, if I'm like, well, I look around, if I'm picking a team, I say, who else do I got? I need a point guard. Rob, number one all the time. Uh, really? Faster. Shot's been a little down lately. No offense, Rob, but other than that, <laughs> I do trust Rob to give me a good give me a good shot if he's open. So I I, I love playing with Rob personally. Really, I, I don't I don't I don't see you as being vocal out there on the basketball court, Rob. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because, um, you know, I'm a pretty laid back guy in general. Yeah. I don't like a lot of confrontation, but I also am extremely competitive. So like those two kind of aspects really, really uh, fight within me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I always tell people all the time I'm, I'm a different kind of I'm a different person, I guess, on the court, especially if I get angry in leg which which it doesn't happen often but the thing is like i know i play be- the funny part is i know i play better when i'm angry and i play more oh. aggressive because I'm, I'm a little bit passive at times so i know um you know i'll i've joked around with people that i'll i'll try to make myself mad during during the day um that i'm playing so that way i can you know head into it a little bit more mad I'll play a little bit more aggressive because i know i play better that way so um but yeah it's funny and, and you know sauce's point I have been I have been struggling shooting a little bit in the past few weeks at least um and uh so yeah I'm trying to hopefully get back get back to that I've been uh trying to I've been feeling a little sluggish usually I'm usually I'm pretty quick out there I, st- I mean I still feel like my passing has been has been good my uh running of the offense has been good pick and roll and my uh my ball handling is still there but uh, I've been a little bit sluggish haven't been e- eaten as well lately so I got to got to get back I've been working out a little bit more in the past week or so, trying to trying to cut some weight and feel feel a little better and uh, get back to it. Oh, I like your training aspect. Uh, the other thing I got to ask you: how how does his headgear go? Uh, hand does does how, I mean, does he wear a headband? Does he just does he not <laughs> do that? Uh, do rag? What does he do? No, he's pretty. Uh, I, I'd say the tire is about about his personality, low key. You know. Okay. <laughs> It's a, it's funny. I don't think like if you didn't know him, you probably wouldn't think much of him walking in the gym. But <laughs> played him a couple of times, so like that guy knows, you know, he's he's at the high high basketball IQ. He knows what he's doing. All right, hey, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Rob. I was to say it's funny. It's funny too because uh, I it's uh, I don't really wear like a lot of flashy stuff aside from aside from shoes. Aside from shoes, sometimes I'll have some pretty, pretty, uh, pretty flashy shoes, depending, depending on what they are. The ones I have right now aren't too flashy, um, but like the past few that I've had are kind of multicolored, different colored. And my wife always gives me a hard time because she's like, she says the same kind of thing about how also said, like, he's, you're, you're such a low key person. You're such, you don't like like attention. You don't like uh, being flashy in anything you do, but you go out and you buy these like flashy basketball shoes. What is going on? <laughs> so. <laughs> You let it all out there, Rob. You, you let to, out your you anger, to. your frustration, and your the swag thing. all out there on the court. <laughs> hey, our next game is Indianapolis at New England. Uh, this game totals at 40 and a half. Not a lot of baby bowl booms here. Probably a lot of baby bowl busts. Uh, we got to move quickly through these guys. So, Austin, do you have any baby bowl booms or busts that just jump out at the, from this game at you? Uh one that I would look at is Deion Jackson for the Colts, uh, okay. especially especially keep an eye on uh, Jonathan Taylor, how he's progressing. Like he's still on the injury report. Uh, it's questionable this week. He didn't practice at all today. So I think Deion Jackson would be a great play because Zach Moss I don't think would be much of a factor at all. So I would definitely actually consider – I would seriously consider playing Deion Jackson in baby bowl, if, if he, especially if Taylor's either limited or out. But Yeah, pay attention that, to the news, too, for Wilkins in that. You mentioned that. I think they signed uh, off the street uh, an old running back of there named Wilkins, Wilkinson, something like that. I can't remember exactly the name. But I don't know how much he'll be a factor. I don't know what his conditioning is like. I just pay attention to a little bit of news before I threw Deion Jackson into everything. I did pick him up in some redraft leagues along the way. 
Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I think Jacoby Myers for New England's always a solid play. Oh yeah, he's very mm-hmm. underrated. He's one of those guys that almost always get you at least like twelve points, which you know just for. But I mean, last year he got about twenty. But other than that, I mean, with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really go look too deep into Indianapolis at this moment, especially going at the on the road to New England in his second career start. Uh, but other than that, Mac Jones, I mean, same thing. I think Stevenson at this point is always a good play well especially you know, he's obviously that number one running back so other than that i wouldn't look at i don't look at too much of this this particular game okay you agree with that rob any baby ball bustle that you should should just stay away from or baby ball booms or we can we go on yeah i, I think austin nailed it that game is not too enticing um i mean Ramondre is another guy you could you could look to Ramondre stevenson um i don't mind playing him and um but yeah other than that i mean this mostly avoiding this game Okay, and I think Damian Harris popped up on the injury report too, which may make Stevenson a little bit better. Just that cold defense. That cold defense is something, but but with uh, going into New England and playing in that environment, that may set up more scoring opportunities for Stevenson. So he might be really a, a sneaky little player. I may have just talked myself into that one. That, that may have been a brilliant idea by me. Oh, let's see here. We have got the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Buffalo right here is projected by Odd Shark to score 200 points is against the New York Jets. No, it's not quite that many. I can't even find the game. It's the top of the That's what's at the top of their list for whatever. 46 points is their, uh, is the point total for this game, Rob. Buffalo Bills uh, are favored by 11 and a half. They didn't cover it last week against uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that they covered that anyway. Just a uh, just crazy little game there at the end uh, for what <laughs> for what uh, Adam, uh, uh, Josh Allen was doing at the end of that game. What do you think about baby ball booms or busts out of this game, Rob? I mean, any any week is Josh Allen and Diggs. Um, okay. So, you know, obviously if you haven't used them, you can go ahead. This is a fine week to use them. Um, they have an implied total of 29, so it's one of the highest on this entire weekend. Might be, it's maybe the highest. I know, I know it's close at least. Um, but yeah, so so they're fine. Uh, Gabe Davis is 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 interesting. Um, makes me a little nervous just because I he makes me nervous any week because he's just so boom or bust. Um, and especially if they get a lead, then they can kind of take their foot off the gas. So yeah. Um, Michael Carter could be someone to look to. Uh, I think between him and uh, James Robinson, who they acquired, that Carter is going to be more of the pass catching back, and he's probably going to be more get more carries until Robinson is more acclimated. But so this could be an interesting week for him, considering they are huge underdogs. Uh, so if they get down, he'll probably be the one in there more often than not. And even even when they're uh, combat in the beginning when that's competitive, they uh, he should be at least splitting work. So he, he could be interesting. But other than that, I mean, I'd try to avoid most of it. Garrett Wilson is a little bit interesting, because if, especially if Corey Davis doesn't end up playing, because uh, he can have another big role. But other than that, yeah, I would avoid. Okay, I, I, I can understand that. Minnesota at Washington is the next one, 43 and a half point total for this one. Minnesota is favored by three points on the road in Washington. As far as baby bowl booms, does this look like it sets up for anybody in particular, Austin, in this game that you're seeing? Is this a, is this a Jefferson game? I think it very well could be uh, because, I mean, as as you already talked about Washington, they're just, I mean, it's Washington. So uh, (laughs) they do give up top 10 in, in DraftKings points to wide receivers too. I think they are 10th there and the most points given up to them, uh, wide receivers. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would personally, I, I wouldn't play Hawkinson myself this week because obviously he's <laughs> he's our new 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 toy. But it could be one of those things where, where they do want to target him early just to get him act, you know, get him going. But I'm always personally, I'm always a little iffy on those type of situations where the first game after you know a new playbook and all that because I know CMC for example. I mean, he's like. He's probably your best case scenario. He he got about twenty fancy no, I think I think it was eighteen fancy points a week ago when it was his first game with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I would say we stay away from Hawkinson personally, at least for this week, see how that goes. But other than that, I mean, I don't trust anything on Washington's side. But with I mean Heineke is I love the confidence and all that, but he had that great game with McLaurin two weeks ago. But I still I mean, it's one of those things that if you need somebody, McLaurin's not bad, but other than that, I don't really look to this game either. Okay, I, I can understand why. Just there's not a lot of flash in the pan. Sometimes Minnesota can can mess some things up, especially going in on the road like that. What about you, Rob? Anybody that wasn't mentioned that you just know will be a baby boom, or maybe you'll know is a baby bust. Yeah, in terms of bust, definitely the running back situation for Washington, as we mentioned before. So that's that's more on the baby bust side. Um, yeah, I think Austin pretty much hit. I mean, Dalvin could be a guy to go to. Um, you know, Dalvin's always been a guy that you want to use while he's healthy uh, in in positive game script. So this looks like it could be that that situation. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely avoid avoid Hawkinson in the first week. Tight ends, uh, tight end is you know a lot of people say tight end is the uh, hardest position to learn. So switching teams. Uh, mid-season, uh, I don't think he's going to play much really in this one or be that involved. You guys are just under. Look at Kirk Cousins called him T.J. Rudolph in a press conference the other day. <laughs> that, you know, it's just, so it's just not. It's it could be in the cards for him maybe a little bit more than what you guys are thinking. Seattle at Arizona is the next game that we have here. Uh, to me, this one looks like a little barn burner myself. I, I like how this one's setting up here, Austin. In particular, this is a 49.5 point total, and we have got the Arizona Cardinals favored by two points in this one. I don't know that anybody could stop Geno Smith, Austin. Yeah, I, I, actually, I think, personally, I think Geno Smith's one of my favorite I, I might consider myself uh, one of my favorite quarterback plays this week. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to play Geno Smith but not P.J. Walker? Listen here. Geno Smith is a top 10, court, top 10 fantasy quarterback in just about every format at this yeah. point. So, and, and, and it's week eight, and he hasn't really you know, faltered too too much either way. So I I do like Geno Smith this week, actually. I was definitely considering him. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, I, I was a little concerned because he, he's one of my starters on my, one of my fancy teams, and with his injury, I was a little concerned. But obviously he proved last week that might not be that big of a deal, and he's, he's off the injury report completely now. So uh, with Arizona, I mean, they just allowed Minnesota, about, what, 34 points or so last week. So D.K. is not a bad play at all. Uh, same with Lockett, but, yeah, I mean – I can see that. A lot of good on that side. Ken Walker's also, I mean, oh, yeah. Walker's finding a stride. Not a bad play there either. Yeah, I, I like that Ken Walker play all each and every week. It's going to be interesting to see who gets rookie of the year this year because Ken Walker's doing really well. Damian Pierce doing really well too. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't know that anybody else is really. I'm probably forgetting some name that's that's played even better than those two guys right off the top of my head. But those guys have been outstanding. Rob, for me, whenever I look at the tight end situation, this seems like a week you want to capitalize on Seattle and Arizona. Both teams are one and two and giving up uh, fantasy points to tight ends from DraftKings purposes is right here but i don't know i don't i don't like any of those seattle guys i would have to say will disley if any of them just seems to have the eye of geno smith and i guess this is could be a zach hurts week i i guess it could be another zach hurts week i don't i don't know 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so I've already used Zach Ertz um, in Baby Wolf so far because I was I was nervous about what was going to happen with the return of DeAndre Hopkins, so I wanted to use him early in the season. And so far, it's been uh, it's been concerning. His his target share has dropped huge the past two weeks with Hopkins sure. back. I mean, Hopkins has gotten 27 targets over the last two weeks, so it's uh he's been dominating. Um, so, but I I do agree though. This could be a week that he could uh you know. If you haven't used Ertz, it might be a week to try to get him in there. Um, it's a great matchup. I just love the offensive environment in general. Um, you know, this one, as you, you know, you probably guess I'm going to say it, but uh, it's in a dome, and uh, and uh, we got a 49 and a half total. We got a close, close spread. Um, so that's all the makings of a of a possible shootout, and we have a lot of a lot of good skill players in this one. So, yeah, I don't I have I mean I don't mind playing uh, most of the players in this game. I can't wait till Urkel shows up as a as as somebody that works inside of a dome, okay, <laughs> for you and a game that you pick, and he accidentally sets off the fire extinguishers, and then all of a sudden the sprinkler system comes on and it's raining inside the dome, and there's Rob Norton looking at it going. The game was supposed to be in a dome, and Urkel's going, did I do that? You know, I, I just can't wait for an environment <laughs> like that. I, I went somewhere. That's how my brain works. Tampa Bay, Los Angeles at Tampa Bay. This game totals only at 42.5 with these two teams that are supposed to be high-powered offenses, supposed to be these things going into the season. And right now, Tampa Bay is favored by three points at home. Rob Norton, Babo Booms. We could always say that Tampa Bay is supposed to be a Babo Boom, but it just hasn't really happened this year too much. Is it going to happen this week? Hmm, man, these two teams, they've been, you know, heading into the year, everyone probably had this one, this one circled as uh, this could be a great game. And now it's looking, looking iffy, uh, two of the biggest underperforming teams of the year. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do think it's going to be, I do think that there's viable plays. I do think Evans, uh, Godwin, both viable uh, I prefer Godwin over Evans um, this week. I think uh, Godwin, between the two, Godwin kind of gets a little bit of a higher target share. Evans seems to have trouble matching up with like big physical corners like Marshawn Lattimore, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow him or not. Um, so, but but if he does get him get matched up with him, that could be a little bit of an issue. Um, Cooper Cup, obviously it's Cooper Cup. He's banged up though, so keep an eye on that. Uh, but if he plays, he's he's good. <laughs> he's uh, he's yeah. awesome. So, and Fournette, um, Fournette hasn't looked that great, but he's just in such a fantasy friendly role. Um, that 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 running back position when you're getting that many snaps and you're running that many, he's run the most routes of any running back uh, in the league. And when you're running that many routes with Tom Brady as your quarterback who can check down a lot and he's a smart quarterback, um, it's going to be fantasy friendly in a full PPR format. So Fournette, I like him more than most people do pretty much every week. So um, I, I don't mind playing Fournette any week. Okay, I just uh, Fournette looks lethargic out there on the field he does, right he now. Does. I mean, right now, right now, even you know, for a minute there, the first game, I was like, okay, yeah, he may be gaining a little bit of weight, or he's wearing some more paddings, but it didn't really seem to affect his play too much. But right now, it just I'm sitting there. It looks like he looks like a half step slower, maybe a step slower even at times. I don't know. It's been it's been a long couple of years, a lot of drama 
happened in Tampa Bay since Tom Brady's been there. Uh, and, and Leonard Fournette necessarily, not necessarily has been a drama mama. When we look at the Los Angeles Rams here, uh, Austin, there's a play here I like a little bit more and more every time I look at it. Tampa Bay gives up the fifth most points to tight ends, and that has a uh, Tyler Higby written all over it right now. He's only 3700 points or $3,700 over on DraftKings. Do you like a Tyler Higby play if maybe a Cooper Cup isn't in there? Or do you like it even more? I think Higby is a decent play just about every week so far because I, I think last year he was a little more up and down, like basically touchdown dependent, almost like almost kind of like Dawson Knox is now for the Bills. But I think, but now it seems he's a little bit getting a little bit more consistent work. I mean, not so much in the last couple of weeks, but before that, he, I mean, he's basically been around fifteen, no, around fifteen fancy points pretty much every week except the last couple of weeks. So I, yeah. I, I think this would be a good play. Uh, I would think. I, I I'd imagine Cup is playing, so I honestly don't take too much stock into uh, him. Cup not playing a whole bunch. I, I think Cup will do just, do just about anything he can get out there. Uh, Allen Robinson. I mean, last last two weeks or was or was two of his highest scoring weeks of the season. So I mean, I, I, it's one of those things that will Allen Robinson fall down? Will he keep his streak going? But okay, other, yeah. Other than other than that, no running backs ever for the running back. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think it's the Rams. No running backs ever, so don't even think about that. But other than okay. that, all I got. All right, Tennessee at Kansas City this game. Oh, I'm really surprised I didn't say that you played Derrick Henry last week, by the way. I, I'm just really surprised I didn't say that, Austin. You had everybody but Derrick Henry in there, and you got that many favorable points. So that, that's, I, I don't know how you built that lineup. Uh, Tennessee at Kansas City, that's 45-point game total. Right now, Kansas City is favored by 12.5. So that kind of tells me, Rob Norton, that they're not expecting Ro- uh, Tannehill to play in this game because I think Tannehill could probably keep it a little bit closer than 12.5. I don't know why they're th- Andy Reid, bye week. I know there's all that narrative probably going on. Uh, but if Willis is back there, I, I think that's right for the quarterback for uh, for Tennessee. I, I want to say that, but this is a Sunday night game. And Pierre and I just talked on the DFS Streamer podcast about how these primetime games always stay closer to that point total than what you think. But I just can't see the Titans keeping it within 12 and a half if, if there's no Tannehill. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's going to be tough. Uh, Malik Willis didn't look didn't look good last week. So, um it would be interesting to see what happens when uh he goes against the Chiefs. So, yeah, I don't like if 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 Malik Willis does play, I don't like any of the pass catchers. Uh, I don't really like any of the pass catchers regardless, really, but uh at, at least with Tannehill it makes uh, like Robert Woods a little bit more viable, uh especially if it does get in the potential negative game script. Um, Derrick Henry's been, Derrick Henry's been awesome and he's actually been used in the passing game a lot more this year. So as long as they continue to use him in the passing game, he's game script proofed. Uh, but if they happen to don't stop using him in the passing game, that's always the worry with him. Uh, and obviously if they're going to be heavy underdogs, then that would be not an ideal spot to play him. Okay. If Tannehill was playing and it's a negative game script, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst, or 0 being the worst, uh, really, wh- how playable is Robert Woods? Put a number on him. <sighs> 1, 2. I mean, you said he's a little bit yeah. playable, more playable on a negative game script. It would be like a like a 4. Like a, like a 4. <laughs> and he drops to, he drops to like a 2 with Willis, 1 with Willis. Okay. Four. One, to, one to four. That's what he'd give you for fantasy points is four, Rob. Four. It might, it might be. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know who to play here. I don't. I think I would stay away from uh, Kadarius Tony this game, yeah. Austin. And I think that that you're thinking the same thing because you've been talking about that with T.J. Hawkinson and all any of those new moves that are going on. So maybe stay away from Kadarius Tony. But it it seems to me that Juju Smith Schuster is kind of really separating himself from the rest of that that pack a little bit. Maybe not in the end zone necessarily, but man. He he almost looks like a second tight end out there with Travis Kelsey. Uh, Juju really looks like he's bolted up or something. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster has, I mean, I guess it's not too surprising, but I, I still almost would have thought this time they still would have been using more of a, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get. The last two weeks, uh, Juju's gotten around 25 fantasy points in, in full PPR uh, perspective. So he's gotten 25 basically back to back weeks and. I mean, Sunday night, it seems like, I mean, obviously at this point, Patrick Mahomes is playing playing Sunday night about four times a year now. So, I mean, I can definitely, I, I actually, I was considering using Juju myself this week. So, I, I, I should really like that play. And, of course, Kelsey's one of those guys, Travis Kelsey's one of those guys that, if you haven't used him, just use him. I mean, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, I would think most people would use him by now. But, yeah, but other than that, uh, I mean, really nothing else is too consistent i mean that i would really consider but other than right. that, but definitely juju's a good play this week i think personally. the only thing i think is more consistent than uh how big the kansas city chiefs are going to win this game is chris collinsworth telling everybody publicly that he would like to have patrick mahomes baby that's the only thing i can think of that, that's going to be something that, that he does here because i mean just oh i mean it's like a love affair there baltimore ravens at new orleans saints is the last game <laughs> this game totals at 48 hey i've been it's been a long week fellas i've been up for a long time it's 10 o'clock on a tuesday night now or thursday night i don't even know the way it is. but uh so i'll say some weird things baltimore at new orleans 48 game po- uh, point total for this game baltimore is favored by two and a half points in this one uh, rob A.J. Dillon or Travis Lawrence? I mean, I'm really thinking about doing that, but uh, you really like A.J. Dillon this week. Yeah, I mean... Or I say A.J. Dillon. That's not, who is it? Austin, uh, Dalton. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Andy Dalton. I figured that's what you meant. Um, yeah. But yeah, Dalton, Dalton uh, I do like him this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's always a worry. I mean, it's, it's still Andy Dalton. Um, and there was just news that came out today that Michael Thomas is went back on IR. He's like, yeah, done for the, the year. year. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that doesn't help Dalton's outlook, but I mean, obviously Alave has been awesome. Kamara has been awesome. Um, there's always the chance that we get Taysom Hill to vulture, uh, <laughs> touchdowns from Dalton and or Kamara. So, um, that's always a little bit of a worry, but yeah, I think this is a, is a pretty good week for Dalton. Uh, they're, they're not, they're going to be underdogs. Um, they are playing against a, a Raven secondary that's not been very good this year. It's not allowed a lot of points to to uh, quarterbacks so far, and they're playing in the dome and at home. So, um, you know, there's a lot of lot of reasons to like Andy Dalton's uh, possibility of having a pretty good game in this one. Okay, Baltimore Ravens. We also have had word that I, I think Bateman's gone for the rest of this year as well, mm-hmm. Austin. So, uh, and 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 whenever I look at that too, Austin, I, I think about. Uh, Mark Andrews possibly being injured, having a bum shoulder. I don't know that they're going to let us in to the training rooms at all and tell us whether the truth about all that matter. I don't. I, I, that's one guy I don't trust as a head coach is the Harbaugh character there in Baltimore. I do not trust him at all. He's told me many things over the years, and none of them have been true. So I, I don't trust him at all, Austin. What do you think about Mark Andrews? And if he's not in there, would you play his backup? 
And Mark Andrews, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably not going to play because, I mean, he, he's got the ankle and the shoulder. Uh, yeah, the ankle and the shoulder going on. And I, I almost think with a guy that valuable, with the guy they're trying to make a playoff push, I almost, and, and especially playing a New Orleans team that I think is beatable, even though they just obviously steamrolled mm-hmm. Vegas pretty good last week. Uh, I, I can imagine, I would say that like Lloyd is probably higher, you're going to hold Andrews out, just from my perspective, obviously, just, you know, what do I know? But still. Uh, other than that, I would I actually I really like Isaiah Likely this week in this mm-hmm. play because I mean he got really involved last week, scored about fifteen points or so fantasy points last week. He I think especially with Bateman me out the year, like you just said. I mean, and the running backs are just so I mean, obviously Baltimore likes to pound the football, but still I actually I think this is a great week to use likely while you have the chance for tight ends, especially the especially the tight ends, because tight ends aren't really like there's besides the top five or so, there's really no no, distinguished guys right there. So I think this is a okay. guy like Likely. Okay, do you think Likely could be used the rest of the season, Rob, even? I know that uh, in the past, Baltimore has been able to, I don't want to say, you know, have two tight ends be fantasy vi- uh, valuable, va- valuable. Uh, but uh, I've also seen them do some things with Hayden Hurst. You know, they've made some names from the second tight end spot as well. But like you said, Tight end is kind of tough for a rookie, but likely seems to be like one of those kind of freakish kind of guys. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. Um, I do think if Andrews does sit, then likely would be a great play this week. Um, but if uh, if Andrews plays, like I'm a little bit more skeptical than most people, I think, on, on likely's viability if Andrews is active. Um, I think it's definitely a possible possibility that he gets used more like a receiver, especially with Bateman out and, you know, them trying to piece together, needing pass catchers. Um, but I just I, I'm a little bit more skeptical on how much he'll be used if Andrews is active. OK. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I am too. I just like I said. There. There's. There's been a couple of names over the years, and I, mm-hmm. I pull, can pull Hayden Hurst. I can't pull the other guy out. But uh, Boyle. Boyle is that Boyd? Something like that. Uh, yeah, Nick that Boyle. They, Nick Boyle. Yeah, that they've been able to, like I said, make fantasy relevant just a little bit enough. So he's speculative ad in a lot of different leagues. Hey, that's it for the show. Austin did a great job. Austin Tehan at. At at ATHAN41 over on Twitter. Austin, you did a great job tonight, and you did a great job setting that Babel lineup, and I am so happy that you're a part of these things. I really appreciate it. And and just a disclaimer, uh, you you mentioned Derrick Henry. I was literally the only reason I didn't play Derrick Henry this week, which I did tell Rob this because I was playing him in one of my leagues, and I didn't want a conflict of interest, so I just said screw it. (laughs) And I needed those few extra points to get the record, so... Luck happens that way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I uh, know you know Tehan each and every week, but I am sure that you are glad he's a participant as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm I'm uh, glad I uh, was able to get him to join, and uh, I'm sure he's uh, happy uh, he's joined as well. Obviously, setting the record, and um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely um, you know I appreciate it being a big part of it, Austin, and uh, you know glad you're uh, uh, joined us this year. Is that what? The, uh, do you guys call him T Han or do you call him Austin? Because T Han seems call him, to be perfect. I yeah, I call him I call him T Han. Okay. I as I say, I've been calling him T Han probably more often than T Han this whole time. <laughs> so, uh, I just found out <laughs> you learn something new every day, you know. From me, oh, you don't forget you found out from me, Rob. Uh, hey, don't forget to follow. I'm gonna give you family a little instructions here. 
make sure you like the show. You comment on the show. Whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on, please do those things. You can leave it a five-star review. You can leave a little comment, and that'll be happy. Uh, Rob will be happy because then he'll be able to read that comment and be able to read it on there if you got a question for Rob Norton. Uh, you can do that. You can follow me over on Twitter, at Loafing It. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today. And you can follow Julie's husband over on Twitter as well, <laughs> at Norton0723. That's Rob Norton, who drops all kinds of articles and everything over there, so you want to make sure that you follow him because he's got so much going on over there at his Twitter handle, at Norton0723, the daddy of the Bay Bull himself. But more importantly than all those other things, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs>